Uh, welcome to the new Dalham History Podcast. Uh, we are starting a new project to help you revise for either A-level, uh, GCSE, IB content. Uh, this one is suitable for IB and GCSE because we're going to go over the Cold War. Um, we'll get a brief summary of the topic. We'll play a little game, two truths, one lie. Uh, we'll go through some technique for answering questions, do a little walking, talking mock to talk through um, some of the content of answers. And then we'll give you some information on where else you can go to look for things related to the topic. Brilliant. Right. So we decided that we're going to start with the Cuban Missile Crisis, partly because we're trying to up the numbers of people who will listen to this by drawing in a few IB students, but also because it's uh, a topic that came up on last year's GCSE exam and maybe wasn't tackled as well as it could be. Um, basically, the scene is set in 1962. The Cold War was at probably its frostiest, to be honest. You've got the Berlin Wall that's already been thrown up and Fidel Castro has come to power in Cuba. Um, Cuba is really really significant for the Cold War because it's situated just 90 miles away from the coast of Florida so it's within range of um, short-range missiles and can be hit before America can respond to uh, any missiles coming their way. Exactly I mean if you're thinking about around here that's from here to Birmingham we're not talking a big distance from those missiles Places like uh, Washington are genuinely in the firing line. And Castro, Castro's made it very clear that he's fallen out with America. He's formed an alliance with the Russians uh, and it looks as though this could be curtains for America and their dominance in terms of nuclear missile placement. So in response to Castro's um, friendship with the USSR, um, Kennedy decides that with the advice of the CIA, is going to launch an invasion to try and overthrow Castro using people that have already left Cuba to come to America. You're calling that an invasion? Let's be honest, he sent over a few disgruntled people who'd been kicked out of Cuba, gave them minimal weapons and absolutely no air support. No training, nothing. Uh, so really, it's no surprise that the invasion was a complete disaster and President Kennedy was left looking pretty red-faced. I mean, he makes Boris Johnson look cool. So, with that in mind, Castro goes and asks help from Russia and Russia decides that it's going to help. Now, they try and do it in secret, but America's got its spy planes and the spy planes manage to pick up aerial photographs of some of these missile silos in construction. Um, for Kennedy, though, it's a bit of a tricky situation. He can't invade Cuba to try and remove the missiles because that could start a, a hot war. So instead of invading, he decides the best course of action is to form a naval blockade around Cuba to stop Russian ships from delivering the missiles in the first place. That's a bit where Magneto comes in, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Khrushchev warns... Uh, that Russia would see the blockade as an act of war. Uh, so relations are deteriorating throughout this point. And it's important to note as well, nowadays we'd be watching this on the TV, it'd be unfolding in real time, but a lot of these messages are being played out in the countries of origin and then it's a little bit of hearsay and Chinese whispers, no pun intended, that the messages are getting through to the other side. There's telegrams sent back and forth 
between the USSR and America, but no direct contact. So back and forth, these letters, telegrams, communications go, and eventually they uh, strike a secret deal um, that isn't made public um, that Russia will remove their missiles from Cuba if the USA take their missiles away from their bases in Turkey. But America doesn't let on that to the general public. It looks as though Khrushchev is the one who's blinked during this brinkmanship. He's backed down in a big way. This is the, the end, really, for Khrushchev, whereas Kennedy seems to go from strength to strength till he gets shot in the head. Yeah, unfortunate. Now on to the bit where we play a little game. So, Gribbin, it's my turn first. I'm going to test you with two truths and one lie. Now, this is the first time, just to explain. There are three facts that I'm going to deliver to Miss Gribbin. She has to work out which one is not entirely true. All of them are based on fact, but I've subtly altered one just to see how well she knows her nuggets. So, my first fact. Both sides compromised. US Secretary State Dean Rusk said of the Cuban Missile Crisis, we are eyeball to eyeball, and I think the other fellow just blinked. And that assessment's too one-sided. Although um, Khrushchev ordered the removal of missiles from Cuba, America also secretly pledged to withdraw their missiles from Turkey. That's fact number one. Fact number two, although the Kennedy administration thought all the Soviet nukes were gone, they weren't. President Kennedy was satisfied with the Soviet assurances that the weapons had been removed and removed the Cuban blockade. However, secret documents that have been unearthed reveal that while Khrushchev dismantled the medium and intermediate range missiles, he left 100 nuclear weapons in position. Ooh, okay. Fact number two. My third fact, to keep news of the crisis from leaking... A stomach bug was blamed for President Kennedy's cancellation of public events. So to avoid arousing public concerns in the first days of the crisis, Kennedy tried to keep his official schedule going with a planned seven-state campaign. However, when he flew abruptly from Chicago to Washington, his physician fabricated a story that he'd been ill the night before and was suffering from food poisoning and a slight fever. Right, okay. So one of those is slightly altered to not be completely the truth. Yeah. Okay. I Well, I say slightly. <laughs> I think number one is definitely true. Okay. I'm gonna go that's a truth that's a truth. So it's between um the stomach bug and the remaining missiles. Hmm. I'm gonna say that the remaining missiles is the lie. Wrong! Oh! <laughs> oh, Howarth wins. So, it is true. A hundred tactical nuclear weapons were left with the possible use of repelling invading forces. Khrushchev was going to train up the Cubans and uh, send them more missiles, but it was felt over time that Castro couldn't be trusted with them. So, by the 1st of December 1962, they'd all been removed. Ah, okay. But he did leave a hundred behind, just in case. So, the one that I altered slightly... It was to keep news of the crisis from leaking. A cold was concocted oh, and blamed yeah. for Kennedy um, 
leaving. Apparently, his um, physician said that his voice had been husky the night before and that he was suffering from a cold. And they used exactly the same excuse for his vice president, Lyndon Johnson. So they said he had a cold as well and was coming back to Washington. You'd have thought they'd have seen through it. But never mind. Never there mind. we go. So, both sides compromised. The missiles weren't all gone and they pretended that he had a cold to get him out of doing his job. It's like a PE excuse. Okay, so now we're on to um, key skills for your exam question. And we're going to cover the narrative account question, which is worth eight marks. Um, and by narrative account, really, a simple way of saying that is the story of what happened. So you're explaining how one led event Sorry, one event led to another event. You do it in a logical, chronological order, so in the right time order. You always remember to add an event of your own that's not in the bullet points and always link back to the question. Yeah, think of it like a timeline or a flow diagram. You're going from the beginning to the end. You're making sure that everything links to one another. The worst thing you can possibly do is just knowledge dump on this question. You're not going to pick up many marks at all. So some good sentence starters to think about to get your paragraphs to link together is things like in order to, as a consequence, consequently, an effect of this was, this meant that, this resulted in. You've got to be keeping on linking together. Yeah, and it should ideally be about three paragraphs long. So you'd have one paragraph for your causes, one paragraph for your key events and one paragraph for the consequences at the end. Just to explain how they all link together. And just remember to keep it linked with all those uh, nice connectives. Yeah, um, the bullet points are there to help in a way, but don't feel like you have to use the bullet points. Realistically, they'll be either the start and middle of your story or the middle and end. You're gonna to need to tag something in there too. But if there's something that you disagree with, something that you're not happy with, you are just telling the story of the event. I'm thinking this is to do with superpower relations. Make it about that. You want to make sure that you've got some specific evidence in there. Use people's names, use some of the other events, uh, dates, uh, key terms, that's what the examiner's looking for. They want to see that you know the topic uh, and make sure that you finish off with the result. It's got to have a consequence. And a really easy consequence to use is how it affected superpower relations. Yeah, if you're struggling to find something that you think, oh, this is a definitive consequence, like an event, think to how it affected superpower relations and just one of your consequences can be it got better or it got worse for superpower relations. Right. Now it's time to put this into action. So we're going to talk you through a narrative account style question. So the aim of this is to assess your knowledge of the period. And the question we're answering is um, write a narrative account analysing the key events of the Cuban Missile Crisis 1962. And the bullet points that we're imagining have been written are the Bay of Pigs incident and the 13 days of the crisis. And we know that we have to add information of our own. So what we've got there is our causes of the event, the event, and we'll need to add in some consequences there. So, opening paragraph, Castro removed American influence from Cuba and moved closer to the Soviet Union. Khrushchev and the Soviet Union increased their influence in Cuba when they offered to buy Cuban sugar and to provide machinery and technological help. In 1959, Castro had led a successful revolution against the military dictator of Cuba, who'd been under the influence of America. America didn't like that Castro uh, had moved towards the Soviet Union and they organised an attempt to overthrow Castro. This failed 
because the CIA had been convinced that the Cuban people would revolt against Castro, but they didn't. This Bay of Pigs invasion had failed. Okay, so paragraph two is going to be your key event of the crisis. Kennedy was informed that Khrushchev intended to build a missile site in Cuba. As a result, Kennedy imposed a naval blockade around Cuba. The two leaders exchanged letters over the next 13 days and finally came to a secret deal where America agreed to remove their missiles from Turkey if Khrushchev removed them from Cuba. Finishing off then with our consequences. So, along the lines of how it affected superpower relations, the superpowers had almost gone to war, a war that would have destroyed much of the world. However, there were some positive outcomes, such as a hotline to allow the leaders to communicate quickly, the telephone linked the White House to the Kremlin. They also agreed to have the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty in 1968. It was designed to stop the spread of nuclear weapons to other nations. And that's it. Okay, so to wrap us up, we're going to suggest some things that you can look at to give you some extra information about the Cuban Missile Crisis if you're interested in finding that out. So, um, as far as documentaries and films are concerned, there's loads and loads of uh, documentaries out there. There's a Cold War series from CNN um, that will have an episode on the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's called Blockade. Ah, nice. Uh, there's also a couple of films. Uh, what have we got? So we've got 13 Days... Um, which is about specifically the Cuban Missile Crisis, and there's also a film called JFK, which is more generally about John F. Kennedy, his life and his time as president. The nice link is that they both star Kevin Costner. Yeah. If you're a big fan, which you won't be, you might become one off this. Um, the other thing to think about, BBC Biteside has got tonnes of stuff on there, and also it might be worth having a little bit of a look in your revision guide at last. Is, that, is there information in those? That realistically, Whoa. every topic is in the revision guides that you haven't opened since your parents paid for them. And finally, we, we want to finish off with something just to, to get you thinking. We're going to finish off with jokes each time. So, this is a Soviet joke uh, that's been declassified and approved for release back in 2016. Um, a worker standing in a liquor line says... I've had enough. Save my place. I'm going to shoot Gorbachev. Two hours later, he returns to claim his place in line. His friends ask, did you get him? No. The line there was even longer than the line here. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've got a better Cold War joke, you can either tweet it to Mr Howarth, on Twitter, or email me or Gribbs, the best one we'll do a praise postcard for and share it in next week's podcast. So, thank you for listening. Any advice and feedback, stick it on the comments section underneath this podcast and we, we can't wait to get on with the next one. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Yeah.